everyone, and welcome back to Horror Cafe, Episode 10. I'm Erica. And I'm Jackie. Thanks, Mom, for inviting me for coffee today. You're welcome. What are we having? We are having a super smooth, velvety dark roast by Lavazza, and it is Gran Seleccione, um, with a dose of heavy cream and some agave for sweetener, just to change it up a little bit. Aren't you proud of me? Yes, I am. For drinking your dark roast. <laughs> Very proud of you. <laughs> and this month is Jackie's June Picks. It's your birthday month, Mom, so you get to pick the movies this month. And this month, I have two movies that are my favorites, one of my top favorites. And the first one that we're touching on is Sinister. What's the movie about, Mom? I'm so excited. I know. <laughs> this may run a little longer than usual because... It's okay. <laughs> when we love something, which is almost every horror movie. Yeah. We, we, go, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. This movie is about true crime writer Ellison Oswald, portrayed by Ethan Hawke, who did a great job in this movie, he did. I have to say. Oswald is in a slump. He had this hit book 10 years prior, and he's becoming increasingly desperate for his next 15 minutes of fame. And let's face it, he goes about this the wrong way. Because what does he do? He moves his family into the victim's house. Creepy. Creepy. I, I don't I, I don't even think this well, is creepy. It becomes even creepier because of what happens there. <laughs> yes, but let's start with the common sense on this. I know, but Where he's did it desperate. Go? Oh, anyway. He discovers a bunch of snuff films showing some pretty grisly deaths. The old film footage and a bunch of other clues hint at the presence of a supernatural force. And this is when Ellison learns that living in this house may be fatal. Beyond fatal. <laughs> Boy, does he not know. Do you remember this movie coming out? Because to me, it went under the radar. It did. Like, I, I think I briefly remember hearing about it, and then I just completely forgot about it. We never went to go watch it in the theater, which is really unfortunate. It is. I would have loved to see this in the movies. This would have been, like, one of those that we would have really loved. Mm hmm The experience of the movie theater. And it wasn't until a friend of mine told me about the movie, and he was telling me how crazy scary it is and really good, and that's how I watched it, and I was like, what the hell is this? Because this movie is right off the bat scary as hell. Yeah, the intro to this movie sets the, the... The tone. The tone for the entire thing. Yeah. Not to mention the music, which... Yeah. I know you are in love with the music. Not, I'm not in love not with it. Not in love with it, but you are because it adds to it. It just... If I didn't watch this movie with sound, it would be a different movie. And the sound in this movie is so important. It is important. It is. It makes the movie. This movie keeps you on edge the whole time. Yeah. So for me, as you know, this movie is our June theme. And because it is, I get to pick. Yep. To this day, I cannot pinpoint what it is that I like about this movie. It is a really, really fucked up movie. It's a mix of creepy-ass kids, a super weirdo, scary-ass-looking entity named Bagul. Even his name is Even creepy. Even his name is creepy. And he is beyond evil. 
And while it's not really visually gory, it is implied in the movie. And the storyline, a collection of snuff films that in and of themselves are extremely repulsive and shocking to me. And then there's the music. It's bone chilling. If you ever have a chance to listen to this shit with headphones, ugh. Oh. Yeah. It no, is, no, no, no. Yeah, I'm good. You have to. It's no. downright terrifying. No, you're not catching me doing that. Well, I did. And <laughs> this is how much I like you this did? movie. You did? Yeah, oh, I did. You're brave. I know. Mm-hmm. I know. But you know me and, yeah, horror. <laughs> no, I, I know. And, uh, no, I just... It's so chilling, even just to hear it. I, you played a little clip a little while ago before we got started, and I'm like, no. I, <laughs> I don't know, I hear saw this. you nodding your head, and I'm like, what? What? It's creepy. <laughs> it is. Movie facts time. All right, so Rotten Tomatoes. Critics gave it 63, and audience 61. I am proud of the critics. I'm proud of it. Very proud. The audience, not so much. Yeah, but listen. I For I a know. horror movie, anything above 50. Is good. Is a proud moment. (laughs) (laughs) So I will take it. That's true. So you were excited to share all these movie facts. I did. I found a lot of stuff. So I'll get started now. Yeah. For the snuff film titled Pool Party 66, it was a difficult scene to film. The actors and the actresses were actually tied like they were in the scene and they had to like drag them underwater to a pool they had to be extremely careful that nobody got hurt while filming i don't know if i was an actor i'd be like um i don't think i could do that i don't think i can do that <laughs> no way that is especially actually, with water that's no. scary to think of oh yeah, my god that's that really is, risky but ooh. how else would you i guess film that scene yeah you can't cgi that i don't think i mean i think you can cgi anything but all right, well, they really got a, a good effect. <laughs> they sure did. The makers of Sinister scoured the internet for weeks looking for the most obscure and creepy soundtrack they could find. What do you think? <laughs> I think they <laughs> accomplished their goals on this one. The composer, Christopher Young, did do a large amount of um, background scores for the movie, but the writer did buy rights to the music by a composer, Oliver... Judge Hydrogen and Boards of Canada to use in the snuff film clips because of the mysterious and eerie noises, which, yes, the music in the movie itself is creepy, but all the snuff film move um, clips clips are so disturbing. There's one in particular that we'll, we'll play later that I, I can't. <laughs> it's like, that on headphones would be horrifying. <laughs> the writer of Sinister... C. Robert Cargill got the idea for the script from a nightmare he had after watching The Ring. Well, of course, he's going to have nightmares after watching The Ring. I think I did too. He says the opening scene with the family hanging, Mm -hmm. that was in a dream. Oh. That was his nightmare. Can you imagine? No. I I have to admit though. When I was a kid, I used to have some scary dreams, Mm -hmm. and I can see where people get ideas, because your dreams are very fucked up. I've had some scary dreams, even even now as an adult, where I'm like, that could probably be a good scary movie if I could expand on, like, being creative enough to make a story around it, Mm -hmm. but I'm not 
that creative in that sense, but I can see how just one idea, probably this was the one idea that propelled the hanging it. and I, but imagine his yeah. imagination went wild with it that he created. No, it, it went over wild, man. I, I think so. To think of these little snuff film clips. Yeah. All from a dream. Oh, God. To be in that mind. I know. <laughs> the snuff films were filmed on an actual Super 8 camera to give that grainy nostalgia feeling. Mm -hmm. It worked. It sure did. It and here's something that I, I read. Because, you know, I went off on my own after watching it. Um, Sinister 2, which I remember nothing of. Me either. I remember not liking it, though. It, uh, me too. Yeah. But I still have to watch it again. Mm -hmm. was filmed on a 16 instead oh, okay. of an 8. Oh, okay. Maybe even that itself made a difference. Maybe. Now we're going to have to revisit. Oh, we definitely have to do We remake. should do a month of sequels. Ooh, we should. I like that, huh? All right. Write that down. Writing it down. <laughs> Ethan Hawke did not watch any of the snuff films before filming. So when, okay, the scenes when he's watching the snuff films for the first time in the movie is when he's actually watching them in real life. Holy cow. With the soundtrack. Oh, they were playing the music as he was watching yes, it? Yes, so his reactions are real. genuine. Oh, Cool, right? Wow. I have to say again, Ethan Hawke did a great job job he did i he, think he's one of those underrated actors agreed 100%. that he should be more out but i think maybe he's more into the indie not loud hollywood not loud Blockbuster, but blah blah yeah he even though he was in a big movie. movie um training day and that was a big movie but i he he's under the radar too i agree kind of like is. this movie was under the radar the black scorpion the black dog and the black snake are all representative of Bagul. I did not really realize that, and it makes sense, because we thought the dog was scared of something mm -hmm. in the scene, but it makes sense. So that scene with the dog, the dog's growling, and you think he's growling at Ethan, but he is he, if that is Bagul, is he growling at the kids? Yes. To keep them away from Ethan? I think so. So that he doesn't realize? Because then they show the kids. In the background. Initially, you don't. It's just right. Ethan. Right. Not Ethan. Ellison. Oh, my God. <laughs> we got to remember. Why did they do that? Ethan, Ellison? I know. Uh, anyway. And then they show the kids. Right. I think there's this back and forth between Bogul and the kids where it seems like they are scared of him, but they're on his side, but then they're not. They I, hate him and they, they have a love-hate relationship with him? Yeah, it seems that so. way because yeah. they obviously do his work. Mm-hmm. But then it does seem like they're running away from him. Yes. I thought this was cool. It's intentional that Mr. Boogie, or Bagul, doesn't show up until the third snuff movie. It's hmm. kind of like Ellison has made the choice to invite him in. When he doesn't bring it to the authorities' attention. That's true. When he doesn't, you know, he called 911 and right. he didn't. He ended up hanging up so that but then he goes back and now all of a sudden he sees them he sees him in the film so that's pretty much similar to inviting the devil in right or any entity it's like okay i'm Here's here your open door i'm my ego got ahead of my family my safety and Guess curiosity what? right he's being nosy and he wants to solve this on his own he wants his 15 minutes of fame Right. And he literally, by doing that, has invited Bagul in. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's a really good one. That was I cool. I like that. 
there was supposed to be an extra snuff film that didn't make the cut. Mm -hmm. The director said it was called Christmas Time, and it was out in the woods and freezing cold. It was cut because the writer said it was just a little too dark. So, of course, when I read this, I'm like, oh, man, I wonder, I wonder what it was. Okay, I found this on YouTube. What? And, of course, I watched it, and you now have to watch it with me. Again. Okay, okay. You have to watch it. Let, let's go watch it. All right. I didn't like that. Nope. No, that... <laughs> I, I thought the lawnmower one was bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're all pretty bad. But this... Okay. I'm speechless. For those of you out there that maybe don't remember Sinister 2, because this cut made it to Sinister 2. Oh, okay. Which, Maybe me, that's why it kind of looked familiar. To me, was a mistake. Go onto YouTube and search Top 5 Tapes from Sinister 1 and 2. It's the very first one that they show, so that you can actually see it and appreciate what I'm about to say on my thoughts on this. I didn't remember this in at all in Sinister 2. But it, it seemed familiar, so it, it now did. it kind of makes sense. It did. Sorry, And maybe on. the reason I don't remember it is because I didn't think Sinister 2 was that great. Agree. I don't remember anything about it, and that's usually an indication to me that nothing stood out. Correct. What could possibly be darker than what's already covered in this movie? Well, guess what? It's this scene. Yeah. Mm-mm. And I disagree with... They're removing this scene from the movie. I would have taken out Barbecue 79 and put this one in instead. Yeah, yeah, the barbecue's the, the car. I agree. I think this is, this is so much worse. It, it is. And it's in, to me, it is in step with the gruesomeness of this movie. Yeah. This should have stayed in Sinister 1. And, and here, here's why. To me, it's sad. The scene and the music impart that. It's scary because it touches on the fear of being buried alive for many people. And then freezing to death. Right. And it is painful to watch because you see the mom look at her daughter as she is filming her. And you see her breathing because you see the, the condensation. Right. And oh. I can't imagine a more harrowing experience for a parent. Think about this for a minute. Your kid, while under the influence of pure evil, is doing this to you. Well, and worse, the mom doesn't even know that the kid is being under the influence. Exactly. So it's very shocking. Yeah. What are you doing? The look in the mom's eyes when she looks at the camera. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm getting goosebumps. It, it gets to you. And that's why I think this scene... It should have been in the it, first one. It, it I think been. it would have completed how bad... Bakul is. Yeah. And I think this is what's missing in Sinister One, and that is that kids are doing horrific things to their parents and their siblings. And we only get glimpses of it in the other snuff cuts, but for me, this scene brings it home. There's no, I'm not going to say that there isn't an emotion, but you don't see the family's reaction. True. When you think back to the other ones, you don't see it. Here, you see it. It's a shame that this was used in Sinister 2 because it was wasted. That's a good point. You don't see because they're dying so fast. Yes. 
that's where the difference is. They're dying quickly, mm -hmm. somewhat. Maybe the drowning, but you don't see them. You don't. You don't have that and connection. And the camera's looking at them from afar, so you don't have right. correct, yeah, You don't the have connection. that connection as to how horrifying this is for the person experiencing this. Right. And Ugh. this scene delivers that. And it they does. should not have removed it. This is going to stay in my head. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was bad. That was bad. Sorry, but I had it's to right. show it to you. It's all right. All right. Enough movie facts. I think we enjoyed that one. I did. On to movie observations. Let's go. As we mentioned before, the movie opens with a family hanging from a tree, being hung from a tree. Mm -hmm. And you see this tool with a with a blade at the end cutting a rope. There's a name for that tool, but I can't think of I what it is. I don't know what it is. <laughs> and it breaks the branch and they like a gallow, they get hung. Yeah, it's it's a disturbing And you see scene. them, you know, fall. Now, in in my in my notes, I have written here the youngest one stays alive the longest because you yeah, see... Yeah, you notice that. You see the, the feet moving more so, whereas the other ones were not already. Mm -hmm. I found that rather disturbing, extremely disturbing, because it's just so prolonged, the agony. Let's just say from right now that this whole movie is disturbing. It is. Almost everything about this movie is disturbing. Just the fact that somebody wrote it is disturbing. That was a very bad dream. Yeah, but it produced a really fucked up good movie. Yeah, it did. It did. <laughs> we meet the Oswalt family moving into this typical ranch style home. It's a nice house. Very nice house. And they're moving in, doing all the moving in stuff that people do. The sheriff arrives. But before he arrives, we see these two deputies kind of gawking. Mm -hmm. kinda... One of them's a fan. Yes, deputy so-and-so. We never really learn his name, by the way, in the movie. Oh, that's true. We don't learn his name in the movie, but deputy so-and-so specifically has goo-goo eyes over Ellison, the writer. Yeah. Um, so the sheriff gets there, says hi to, 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 his, to, to the wife, Tracy, and then Ellison comes out because apparently they're used to this happening. It seems that they're used to the authorities not being too thrilled with him. Because you, you find out in that conversation that the sheriff is not happy about the conclusions that Ellison has made in other books, not Kentucky Blood, which he says he agreed with, but his other books where the killer got off. Right, and something about making cops look bad. Right. Something like that. And then he... Ends the conversation with, oh, and I think this, and he points at the house and him, yes. is in poor taste. And at that moment, I think you kind of realize, like, oh. This is the house with the tree. Yes. And then you, you see the branch still hanging there. The branch that actually... They haven't cut it down. They haven't cut it down. So how fresh is this murder? Right. Is this killing? Ooh. I don't know. The Oswalds are settling in. The daughter, Ashley, is upset about moving to the new house. Then he promises when he writes his book, they can move back. She's a uh, she's into painting, which is important for later. Mm -hmm. He discovers the attic, and that's where he discovers the box of the Super 8 film. Right. Which he then finds out, because he has crime photos of the house, that that box 
was not photographed in the attic. So when how the, did it get there? When the police were investigating. Yeah. How did that box get there? So that's already mystery number one. Yeah. That already got his crime detective whatever going. going. He has his own office where he has, like how the deputy says later, like an FBI board with the yarn and photographs and all these things on a board. It's pretty gruesome. Yeah. But he's really into this. Mm-hmm. And he decides to set up the camera to with, watch the Super 8 film. With the projector, which Bagul has kindly provided. I <laughs> He's know. very considerate. At least. All he needed to provide was a little bag of popcorn. Yeah. And he could have, you know. Or maybe some Pepperidge Farm Sausalito cookies like we're enjoying. They are quite good. And the first movie he watches is the snuff film slash murder of the family of this house. Mm-hmm. Which is the hanging... From the tree. Family hanging out. How? Okay, let's talk for a moment. The, the titles? Of these snuff clips that yeah. are in this box. Yeah, they're pretty disturbing. Because actually, they're it's smart. They're enticing. Yeah, because you think it's something innocent. And it and they all start off they do. as something so lovely, minus the music. And the voyeurism. Right. Because there is a little bit of voyeurism oh, no, no. involved. It's 100% voyeurism. Yeah. But it starts out like, you're, oh, this is cute, and then it just turns. Yeah. Ellison is shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wouldn't be? And then he goes in for more, and he watches Barbecue. Barbecue 79. Right, and it's important to note that these are all from the past. Mm-hmm. So this has been going on for quite some time. And he's shocked again. I mean, his face is like... And now knowing that Ethan Hawke was... Also watching it for the first time adds a lot of authenticity to the scene. Yeah, he, he Very really, cool. Yeah, because when you see him, he really does look super shocked. It's, it's not just acting. Now he's really shocked. And what he's seeing is basically this family scene and, you know, at, a fa- at the lake and they're fishing or whatever it is that they're doing at the lake. And next thing you see is the, uh, the station wagon inside the garage of the family's house and they're all tied up inside. The car. With gasoline. Yeah. And there's gasoline all over and boof, it sets fire. This is the the scene with that extra creepy music because mm-hmm. it has like some, uh, it has a vocal in it where it sounds like a record that's stuck mm-hmm. on a record. Mm-hmm. And it, oh, let, let's play a little clip, I guess. Okay, go, go, do it. <laughs> Why is this movie freaking you out so much? Because you're, it's freaking you out even now talking about it. Because it's scary. It's scary. And the, the, the music really amplifies how scary and disturbing everything is. They really did a good job in scouring the internet looking for all this stuff. I don't know that I would own any of these soundtracks, but it is good. Yeah. All right. So it's important to note that this is where Ellison makes the big mistake that we talked about earlier. This is where he goes to call. He makes a call to 911 and then decides not to. He hangs up. Yep. He is essentially inviting Bagul in. His ego is his failing. And this is what causes everything of- to go downhill. Oh, it, it, it's on a sled downhill. It's an avalanche. <laughs> it is. 
Ellison hears noises, and of course he goes to investigate. Of I course. mean, to be fair, it's his house, so he has to investigate what's going on. But but hold on. A, yes. a rule is broken here right off the bat. Actually, it was broken at the beginning, when he goes into the attic. And, actually, even more so, he broke the rule of, why are you going in there? Why are you moving into a house that's, like, <laughs> exactly. danger? Exactly. Danger in the sense, like, okay, people were murdered here. What's wrong with you? Mm-hmm. And apparently not that long ago. Exactly. He doesn't turn on the lights. Uh-huh. This movie is dark. The lighting is very dark in this movie most of the time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he doesn't turn on lights, and I kept saying it over and over throughout the whole movie. He you does did. this all the time. Like, Turn it on! Turn the damn lights on! Turn them on! We discover that his son, Trevor, suffers from night terrors. And he goes into this room, and it's a cardboard box, and his son just pops out of it backwards and It's very distorted, and he's screaming. Yeah. And we discover the next day that... He has suffered from from night night terrors, terrors. but now they're back. And I think this is all Bagul. Yeah, it's the, well, one, it's the stress of moving, and now Bagul is But is this the point where Bagul is theoretically trying to figure out which one of these kids is more susceptible to him? I agree. I was about to say, maybe he's messing with both kids to see who's going to let him him in. in. Yes. Good one. I like it. Mm -hmm. It's important to note that Ellison starts drinking. Right off yeah. the first movie or or clip, he starts drinking. Which apparently is something he does because the wife mentions it later. Like, oh, you broke out the whiskey really early this time. Then he watches Pool Party. And that's when we meet Bagul. Bagul. I remember watching that scene when he's in the pool just walking. And I just started screaming. This is obviously the first time I watched it. I was like, what is that? What is that? Because <laughs> it looks so weird. Well, it's because of the way the water is moving. Right. And it's just... Ugh. Yeah. And it's like, wait a minute. Is that... Is it in the water? No, no, no. I was going nuts with this movie <laughs> when I first saw it. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, like, exactly. And, that, then, and then you have these people who are strapped to lo- uh, loungers, uh, lounge yeah, chairs. with a cinder block. Yes. Keeping them underwater. And oh, and now knowing that they really did that is like, okay. It, um, it's even scarier. Ew. Yeah. All right. It's the next morning. They're having breakfast. The kids are going off to school their first day at school. Later, you hear the mom arguing with Trevor, which what seems is like later in the day. I think mm-hmm. Ellison is in his office and doesn't notice time go by. Yeah. We did comment that. It's like, he's been there all day? What is going on with yeah, him? Yeah, I don't even think he notices the time go by. And we find out that Trevor wrote on the board. Well, not wrote. He drew the hanging family. Yes. How did he know that? Yeah, that's something that they didn't really touch on. That How did he know? Yeah. I think it's for you to make conclusions. And I think now that you mention it, that it could have been Bagul already infiltrating him and seeing who is the weaker of the child, of the children. Hmm. Who can he convince to... That's true. ...to That's murder true. the family. And this is like him coming in. Or the other theory is, is that he heard it from some other kid... Right. ...at school because he did ask 
Trevor asked at dinner the night before, why are we here? Why don't you just tell us before we find out from somebody at school? And they chose, well, Ellison chose not to say, hey, we're living in Murder House. (laughs) Anyway, he goes to watch the next film, which is Sleepy Time. And this time it's a family um, tied up in their beds with, with tape. Yep. And the killer is slitting their throat. But they spared the dog. Yeah. Apparently, Bagul has no problems with dogs. Hey, at least. Give us something nice, I guess, right? For once. For once. This time, Ellison finds a symbol that he also saw in barbecue. On the hood of the car. On the hood of the car. Right. Which triggers, oh, something. A connection. A connection. Ellison is so freaked out that now he's not just pouring the whiskey into a glass. This guy is chugging straight from the bottle. I mean, it's scary stuff. Now Ellison starts looking up all the murders. He starts connecting the dots. Because they are all connected. He mm-hmm. sees that they're connected. Then the power goes out. Of Great. Course it does. In the middle of looking up all this crazy shit, of course the power goes out. Of course it does. And where does he go? The attic. The most darkest part of the house <sighs> that you could possibly have the attic. And the scariest. So he goes in there and he sees this object. Because at that moment, you don't really realize what it is. Right. And it looks like it's kind of moving. Mm-hmm. And he's already like, what the fuck? Right. Well, us too. I would have been like, the I'm audience not. No. Too. No, because I would have just left. Well, clearly, we have more <laughs> sense. <laughs> what does he do? He, he, he lifts it and under it is a snake. And the snake just disappears. But when you when funny, he, right? Like, I know, where did right? You go? And you what you realize is that it's the lid to the snuff film box. Which, by the way, why is it there? Did he not bring the whole box into the office? When he found the box, the lid wasn't on it. I thought it was. I don't think it was. We'll, we'll have to go back. But when he goes in the attic, mm-hmm. it's exposed. Hmm. But the thing is that when he turns over that lid, what's drawn on it? The murders. All of them. And it's like in kid drawing. Yeah. Which is a little clue, actually. It is. And they show, well, the kids draw Bagul, but they call him Mr. Boogie. Mr. Boogie, yeah. I'm, that's so weird. That's a weird, well, Boogeyman. Yeah. He's the Boogeyman. I know. But it kind of sounds like, let's boogie down, but no. Okay, but I'm going to say this and you're going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? I know you hate this guy, Rob Zombie. Yeah. Okay. He sings an old Casey in the Sunshine Band song. He does? I'm your boogeyman. Oh, but, really? oh, but he changed it? Oh, it's the same song. Oh. But the way he sings it, it will creep you out. They probably should have put that in here. Probably. Ugh. You have to hear it one day. Ellison films the lid. Right. I guess to have a record of it, even though I don't understand why, you can just take the lid with you. <laughs> anyway. True. But he films it, and he go. He's walking back to the ladder to, to go back down, but he falls through a weak part of the attic, hurts his leg, and the deputy comes over. That's right. Because he, I guess they they called, um, what is it, the 911 or rescue because he's hurt. Right. And then the cops show up too because obviously he's saying that there was somebody in the house and he and deputy so-and-so have this conversation about it being squirrels. Oh, that's right. <laughs> what? what kind of squirrel does that? Exactly. 
And while maybe Deputy So-and-so doesn't seem to be the sharpest tool in the shed, he actually is. He is pretty starstruck with Ellison, and at this point, he offers to help him. Yeah, since the police, the other... The sheriff. The sheriff. And he even tells him at the beginning that the department's not really at his disposal. Exactly. So he already knows that they're not going to... He's not going to get cooperation, but Deputy So-and-so... Is kind enough to offer because he is a fan. And he does help him out. He does. A lot. And his first task, because he jumps on this offer for help, is to find the street address of two of the the murders. So what Ellison discovers when he's looking at this lid is that it indicates where he can find Mr. Boogie, a.k.a. Bagul, in the clip. Mm. I didn't really pick up on that. And this is where he finds him. You start seeing him, like, in the hanging scene when you he first goes, see it. He goes back. Right. right. He plays it and he kind of zooms in because now he's also digitizing it by filming the film so that he can then put it on his computer and look at it frame by frame. And this is where he sees Bagul hiding in the bushes as the hanging scene takes place. But, 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 who's filming if right. the ghoul is there? When you first discover this, it is like, wait a minute, is, or is it really filmed? Is it him just magically making a film? Is it really being filmed or is somebody else filming it? Mm-hmm. And who is it? Exactly. I have a comment. We've seen this movie. So when we started the movie the other night, and we were watching the opening scene of mm-hmm. The Hanging, mm-hmm. I was consciously looking for Bagul. So was I. And I didn't find him. And I also didn't remember where he was. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, where is he? Where is he? I mean, we I was... Knew. Right. I was looking all over the place and I did not find him. But this goes back to that observation that it's intentional for him to only show up in the third film. Right. So it's for Ellison and the audience. Mm-hmm. So we are not going to see him We're not gonna see either. Him. That's true. Because That's he's not point. he's not present to the audience yet. Right. We are Ellison. Mm-hmm. Technically, I mean, it's not from, it is from his point of view, but we as the audience are Ellison too. We are discovering as along with him. We're yeah. learning stuff about him. Right. And, and the next part that comes up, I'll let you take this part away. He discovers Bagul, right? In all the the snuff films by so far that he's watched, and he finds him. I think this is in the barbecue one. No, is it in the barbecue one, or is I'm it not in the sure. sleepy time one? Either way, either way, I, I'm not 100 percent sure which one. And he zooms in on him, and he freezes it, and he freezes it, and something distracts him. I believe it was a phone call. Yes, uh, yes, it's deputy so and so. It's deputy so and so. So he turns away from the computer, from the laptop. And as he's talking to the deputy, Bagul moves. Mm-hmm. He moves to look at Ellison. At us. And that's what I'm saying. We are Ellison. And that was the point. Is Horrible. We are Ellison. Horrible. I was, I remember when we, again, when I first watched it, ah, what is that? You still did it anyway. I know. Because <laughs> it's so well done. It's really good. It is. It's really good how they did that. Mm-hmm. And it's just so jarring to see that guy's face move around. I give credit to whoever created the character. 
and the makeup because it's it's an it's a stunning image. It's, it's very disturbing. impactful to Ugh. look at him. Can you imagine seeing that shit at night. No, <sighs> no. So while Bagul is having his fun on screen, Deputy So and So informs Ellison that there's a big connection, and I'm having a hard time articulating this. Maybe you can do a better job. Okay, I'm going to try to explain this because it makes sense, but it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. All right. From what we can tell, Pool Party is the first snuff film. Mm-hmm. So that family dies. I can't right. remember their their name, so let's say the Millers. Mm-hmm. Okay? Then the family from Barbecue moves into their house. Right. But then the family from Barbecue moves out to a different house. And that's the connection. The family that dies previously lived in the previous murdered family's house. Whoa, you (laughs) nailed that. I could not articulate that one. Okay, I think we nailed it. Yes. And that is very important for later. Oh, yes, it is. The next thing we see is Ellison is scrubbing through a bunch of footage that he took when he was in the attic when he discovered the lid. And what does he find? When he falls through the floor... You see hands pushing him down. Kids' hands. Children's hands. And he is just like, what the fuck? If you ever needed paranormal investigation, you found it. (laughs) For sure. Was the attic floor really weak then, or was he being forced down? Oh, that's a good point. I think he was forced down. Or that was a weak spot, and they pushed him through it. Could be either course that is now going into a level of we know there's a weak spot in the floor right yeah. which doesn't I mean I don't think so all so. right we're taking it too far there yeah <laughs> anyway. I'll just stick with I think he got pushed down yes mom I need a breather <laughs> <laughs> this movie is uh intense you? we'll be right back okay and we are back feel better now Much better. Okay, good. (laughs) Next thing you see is Ellison wakes up. And he wakes up because he hears a projector in his office running. Who did that? Exactly. Now, he gets into it again because he is so obsessed with this. And he takes his picture that he's already printed out from one of the freeze frames from the hanging scene. And he goes up to the window that looks into the backyard. And he puts it up, I guess, to compare where it was. And this is where you screamed. (laughs) Of course. He brings the photo down to look at the shrubs. And what does he see? Bagul. Bagul is there. Mr. (sighs) Boogie. So, of course, he goes outside. But I will give him credit. He brings a bat. Thank God. He brings a bat. If you're going to do it, bring a weapon. Bring something with you. So he's looking in the shrubs and all of a sudden you see these like freaked out eyes. And what is it? His kid, Trevor. He's experiencing another night terror. Yeah, the kid scared me, too. Yeah, he scared the hell out of me, too. Um, I have to say this because this is really important to me. There are some scenes in here where Ellison, to me, is emulating Jack Torrance in The Shining. Hmm. I think I mentioned it a couple of times. Who does he remind you of here? Hmm. And in this scene, he actually refers to Cujo. Yeah, he does. Right, because... When he finds Trevor, he also runs into a big black dog. Big old Rottweiler, which, Mm -hmm. by the way, are beautiful dogs. I don't know why they do this to them. They always use them in evil movies. He was a a beautiful dog. Mm -hmm. But the dog is growling, 
And at first you think it's at Ellison, Mm -hmm. as we said earlier. And then it cuts again and shows the kids, the ghost kids. Behind Ellison. Behind him. That's when we first meet all these ghost kids, which are all the missing kids from the snuff films. Because each of the snuff films has a kid missing. Right. And there they are. Surprise. At this point, Tracy, his wife, is really pissed off and upset and scared. Because Trevor is now acting out with more night terrors. She mentions that Ellison is drinking more, more so than usual, apparently, when he does these crime scene investigations. Right. And that he's not himself. And this is where I think he starts to kind of emulate Jack Torrance. Yeah. He's not seeing what he is doing. He's not seeing his behavior. He's obsessed with this. He is. He doesn't see where the where this is affecting his family. He's only interested in himself. Right. And at this point, to me, this is also part of Bagul influencing what's going on in the house and everyone's behavior. Definitely. Tracy is freaking out. She doesn't even know yet where she's living. She doesn't know yet. She doesn't know yet. Yeah. And Ellison is just, he's just fixated on this whole thing. He's like, this is it. This is what's going to propel me and, and get us out of whatever and... It, it's about him. Right. I mean, it's hinted that he is very selfish with his whole writing situation. And you can tell how selfish because they move into the house where mm-hmm. a family was murdered. Yes. I mean, that's pretty bad. That is pretty bad. But at the same time, I can see how he would be because we are humans curious. Mm-hmm. He's just going down this rabbit hole. I think if I found that, I may be reacting the same like, you're disturbed, but you want to keep watching because I, as the Clearly, audience... we're watching movies like this. So, right, yeah. you keep watching it and you do want to find out more. You want to know why this exists. So he is obsessed and it's because he's extremely curious. Mm-hmm. In the next scene, um, Deputy So-and-so, I hate calling him that without a name, but it's Deputy That's So-and-so, so comes by and it's when you realize he's already connected the dots. And Ellison realizes that this guy really does want to help. And he points out Mr. Boogie. In their conversation, Deputy So-and-so thinks it alludes to it being a serial killer, but at the same time, because the first snuff film that is there is from 1966, it would make him about 70 years old. But then Ellison also points out that a lot of of the cases show that there was sedation of the person, Mm. some kind of something that kept them from being able to react. And maybe that that's how this person is able to do these murders. I mean, obviously it is the the sedation, but they shouldn't count out age anyway, because there are very strong 70-year-olds out there. Agreed. And if it is a serial killer, clearly they are not well, and they would probably be strong anyway. But that, that's digressing, because right. obviously it's it's a child anyway. Right. But <laughs> the... the, the Part here that's interesting is, and this, I have some notes further down, you'll see, mm-hmm. about the sedation and where it actually comes from. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> you'll see. Cool. Yeah. Deputy so-and-so alludes to the fact that he feels that they are dealing with something that was that is more than just a serial killer, but more into the supernatural or the occult. So he says he knows a local university professor who teaches or Delves into the occult. Yes, delves into the occult, so he puts a call into him. Allison continues watching more 
of the snuff scenes. And the next one is uh, the lawnmower scene. I, I have to point out that now, aside from drinking, now he's smoking. Yeah. When we watched it, you're like, now he's smoking? <laughs> he's stressed. You see this family, again, voyeurism, through the window. And it's just a regular family night. And all of a sudden you see it's raining. It's out. They're outside. It's outside. It's raining. There's a lawnmower. And the lawnmower in the night is mowing the lawn. And what do you see next? But a person's body. And the lawnmower goes over it. Now. The head. Yes. You don't really see it. No. Because it's it, it. Yeah. And that's the thing about all these. These little snuff clips is that there, it's not really so much gory as the imp it implies what's going on right and that in itself is horrifying because in your your mind fills in the blanks because that's what it does for me me too and this every time i see this scene it doesn't matter how many times i've seen it it freaks me out i mean you screamed at the top of your lungs it doesn't help that the minute the lawnmower and the body come into the same scene um, Ellison also freaks out, yes. which I guess Ethan Hawke freaks out too. Mm -hmm. And a, a loud noise right. happens in that scene and it cuts off. Like right. you don't see anything else the minute the lawnmower hits the body. Right. And up until I saw the Christmas one this morning, the lawnmower one is the scariest, most disturbing one in this group of snuff films. It is. I agree with you. That's ugh. the The implication of it is disturbing. Mm -hmm. The professor from the university calls Ellison via a video chat. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he explains that this isn't about the occult or Satanism, but that this is a pagan deity. Dating back to Babylonian times. So this dude is old. Yes. And just the fact that it's Babylonian times kind of creeps me out. <laughs> I don't know why, but why? it does. Okay. It just does. We find out his name is Bagul. And that he is the eater of children. And what he does is he tricks children into coming into his netherworld where he feeds off their energy. And that's how he, he needs that to stay alive. Right. And we realize, oh shit, he is feeding off of the children. Which mm -hmm. goes back to, I think he is trying to infiltrate Trevor. But clearly, the daughter... Ashley is the one that the weaker one is the weaker, more susceptible. She's also younger. Mm -hmm. At this point, I think the light is starting to dawn on Ellison. Eh, not because, enough, but yeah, <laughs> not enough because he takes all that film shit, the projector, and locks it away, only to find later that it's on. And now he's he's walking around in the house, mm -hmm. and now the ghost kids are. Like running around him, but in this slow, eerie motion. Yeah, and the first one that pops up Ugh. is right over his shoulder, and it's one of the girls, one of the missing children, a girl. I can't. And of course, who screams? Oh but man! You. And of course, because you screamed, I screamed. The, <laughs> that whole scene, I had my, you know, looking through the fingers because mm -hmm. I know Bagul pops out because. I think we're more than halfway through the movie, and we haven't seen him outside of the film yet. Right. I mean, he sees him outside, but we haven't seen him. Mm-hmm. And I remembered he's he was coming up soon, so the whole scene, I was like, <laughs> through my fingers, kind of looking down. I just didn't, I didn't want to be scared. 
I got scared anyway. And you see, like, the girl, a girl in a yellow coat. She looks all wet. Yeah, lawnmower bitch. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's a good name for it. And then a boy running behind him in the hall. It's almost like he's playing hide and seek with That's him. what it looks like they're doing. Right? I almost have the sense that they're playing hide and seek from Bagul. I'm telling you, this relationship is very odd. <laughs> you think? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> As the ghost kids are running around, the scene goes into Ashley's room. Mm -hmm. And you think she's asleep, but she's not. Right. She's wide awake, and she's staring into the corner. She looks scared. She looks scared. Like... And the ghost, a, a girl ghost, is sitting in the corner, shushing her. Yeah. And you see the painting, or a mural, of the hanging from that house and Bagul's face in the tree. Right. So, did the ghost draw it? Or Ashley? I don't know. We don't know. I think it was a ghost thing. And what freaks me out there in that part is the little girl going shh yeah. with her finger in front of her mouth. But they all do that. I wonder why. Is it to be quiet because of him? Yeah. Is it because they're hiding from him? I think so. But then so. they're best friends. Love, Again, hate. we're back to that whole love-hate relationship love -hate. with Bagul. It's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to th to make of it yeah. because they're doing his work, but they're under his influence. So it's not by choice. No, no, it's clearly not by choice. But and we see later because I mean I I'm jumping ahead, but Ellison does find like director's cut, like extra footage that mm -hmm. he'll and at the end of of all the killings, the kids come in front of the camera and they shush too. Right. Why? I, I don't know. That's I find that shush thing very disturbing. Yeah. Hmm. It's the next day, and this is where we find out that these ghost kids have sold out Allison. You like that, right? Because I, I said that. You did. You're like, they, they sold, sold them, them out. <laughs> because now his wife is about to find out. There's a rule in the house that Ashley cannot draw on the walls. Because it looks like she's like a an little, artist. you know, an artist. But that she can only paint on her walls. That's the rule. In her room. In her room. She has now painted in the hallway. And the mom is like, Ellison, your daughter is not listening. And we, when Ellison goes to look at the painting, it's the little girl who died from the tree. Or, well, actually, it's the missing, missing child girl from mm -hmm. this house, from the hangings. And Ashley says to the mom, oh, well, she used to live here. And that was it. That's when she finds out. Tracy is like, what? And of course, you know, go to your room because your father and I have to have a, a fight now about what's going on. <laughs> Listen, he, he's lucky that she just didn't get the kids and walk out at that point. Yeah, because I think that's a little bit too much. It's, a, it's too far. It's morbid. Mm -hmm. And it's selfish. And it's many days into living at this place right. instead of telling her up front when he had the opportunity to do so. Many times. And probably well, would have saved their lives. Well, that too. Well, he should have just said it from, hey, honey, we're moving to a murder house. <laughs> and, and no, but and then he gets, this would have pissed me off. As a chick, this pissed, we go, well, I, I didn't really lie. Oh, yeah, when he, <laughs> yeah, when he tried to, you know, play around that, that. Ugh. It's all about semantics, because at the beginning she says, oh, don't tell me we live four do doors down from a murder house. Right. And you're like, no, you're living in it. 
And he's playing on Samantha. He's playing on it, yeah. Yeah, and he tries to throw that in there. And and she's like, oh, give me a fucking break. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's just like, the shit hits the fan. They all go to bed. And a light clicks on Ellison, like in the movies. Exactly. It's like a spotlight. Yes. So that's already a bad sign. Yes. This should be the beginning of him like, hey, uh. Well, but he doesn't know. He gets woken up. But mm-hmm. he doesn't know that there is a spotlight. Now, when he does wake up, he he looks a little like confused. I mean, I would take it that he's just groggy. groggy. If you're getting woken up at three in the morning, but groggy from well, hmm. being sleepy, drunk. So he hears. A, <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hears a projector, but it's not in his office. Oh no! It's coming from the attic. Of course it is. And where does he go? The attic. He's greeted with the... Now he can see the ghost kids. Yes. And And they're all watching... The movie. The movie. And who comes out? Who comes out of the movie? Listen, I barely saw it. I mean, I've seen it. I I, Because when I saw it the first time, I didn't know it was going to happen. So I've clearly seen. That's when you actually see Bagul. Mm Mm-hmm. Full on. Full on. And I wasn't in the mood to see him. Or be scared. So my hands were up. <laughs> I mean, I still screamed because of the noise and I, you know, caught a glimpse of it. But that's a really good scary scene because he, he's in the film and then he pops out. And he out. pops out. Kind of like out of the ring. Yeah. So, yeah. Ah, well, there you yeah, go. There's after, your influence. After the <laughs> ring. Ellison gets scared too. He falls down and a light bulb has finally gone off. He goes outside to burn everything the camera the film tracy comes out and he's like we're leaving now get like the kid literally get, the get the everything we are leaving yeah they're driving out they get stopped by the cop because he's speeding and he basically tells the cop we're leaving we're taking your advice and they go back home and let damn that house is amazing it's a freaking mansion no wonder he said they couldn't afford to (laughs) to live in it (laughs) i think they should have just stayed where they were well clearly they should have just stayed because yeah (laughs) they're getting settled in but ellison is clearly wanting no part of what they just experienced he's ignoring deputy so-and-so's calls which is a big mistake in the interim professor jonas reaches out to him and he starts talking about how Bagul shows up in images throughout history and that they've all been destroyed. But this is how he gets to you. Right. That there's little, there actually is little images of him due to the fact that apparently the images are gateways Mm -hmm. for him, which explains when there was that still shot of him on his monitor and he moved. Mm -hmm. That was the gateway. That's how he gets to you. And, and film, clearly. And that's why there's not a lot about him, because it's all been destroyed. Because of superstition that, okay. This is how he comes into your life and takes you into his netherworld. Yep. Ugh. We find out that Ellison burning all the film and the projector didn't work. It did not. He went no to difference. He went to the attic in this house. We don't really know why. I mean, it's he's moving back in, right? So he goes back to the attic, and there's the box. With everything intact, intact, but this time a little he extra. finds extended cut endings. Mm-hmm. 
Of course, he splices everything together because, of course, he's curious. Yet again, he didn't leave it alone. This is where we find out. And this is where he sees the truce. The kids. Yeah. At the end. Mm -hmm. So this is when the audience finds out that the kids are filming. And committing the murders. Right. Under the influence of none other than Mr. Boogie. Bugle. He finally answers Deputy So-and-So's call. And he also finds out, technically, I guess this is the other gateway, is what we mentioned earlier, the whole moving. Mm -hmm. He should have not moved from the house. That him moving back is what triggered basically what's going to happen now. He basically tells him, you put yourself in its timeline. Yep. Earlier than normal. Mm -hmm. Because they are years apart, the, the murders. Right. And technically, if the murder is fresh just from that house, he's murdering within, what, maybe weeks? Mm-hmm. Months? Because we right. don't know. We don't know. But it's within that same year. Yeah. Because clearly the branch was never removed. Right. So, I, I mean, it must be, I would say, weeks old. Yeah. As he's watching the extended cuts, <laughs> as you called them before, the director's cuts. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean. <laughs> technically, it is. He starts to feel a little woozy. Now... Something that I wanted to point out is he looks in his cup and you see some residue in the cup. And you, and it's kind of a greenishy, glowy kind of color, which you see very briefly in Pool Party. Where? They they focus real quick on this picture of something on really? a table. And it's glowing greenish. Oh, shit. Yes. Did you go back to look? Yes, I did. Oh, neat. And now it's at the bottom of his cup. Ah. Interesting. I like it. I like it. (laughs) I wonder then, if you go back to barbecue, they're having a picnic. Mm Mm-hmm. I wonder if you can see anything. I don't know, but it Hmm. would be good to go back. Anyway, so. Wow, okay. I digress. Very cool. Ashley comes in and says, good night, daddy. Mm. Good night forever? Yes, it's good night forever. I was shocked at this. The first time you see it, it's shocking. You're not expecting this. No, I thought they, you know, we think they got it's away with it. Ever after, which I'm glad it wasn't. But I'm kind of sad, too. I, I am, too. <laughs> <laughs> I am, too. But what's disturbing is um, the family's tied up. You see the mom, you see Trevor. And then you see Ellison, the fire is behind him. And the girl is carrying an axe. Oh, it's so gruesome. They show her drawing in the lid, and she's drawing the family in three pieces. Mm -hmm. You don't get to see it. No. She puts the camera down in front of Ellison's face. Yeah. And you see the the axe, but you don't see the actual murder. Which is what this movie does. It implies... But you don't see it. Right. But you do see it when she's drawing with a bloody hand. Yeah. This final scene on the lid. That's gruesome. It is. But now, how... I, the, I think Mr. Boogie is giving them power. Mm-hmm. Because you have to be... I mean, I'm assuming you have to be strong. How is a kid... I mean, an axe is not light. No. That's a heavy tool Mm -hmm. and you have to be strong enough to go whack yes but we're assuming that it's one clean whack 
I sincerely doubt it's one clean whack. All right, all right, all right, all right. right. Now, (laughs) the next thing you see, and here's this is here, here we go with that other green stuff. Bagul takes Ashley and steps into the film. Yes. And you see the other dead kids. Now, when he's picking her up, you have to go back to see this. Mm -hmm. You see this green goo. That was in that picture. That was in the bottom of the the residue. On his hands? On his hands. Really? Yes. Damn, Mom. Yes. Okay. It implies to me that Bagul produces this. How would these kids get this Oh, well, yeah. It's clearly... I mean, and he is... So, I I just want to make a quick silly joke. The director's cut. I mean, he is the director. (laughs) He is the director (laughs) of this movie, for sure. But, yeah. How about that? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I didn't really realize. I was just so shocked by all of it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's using their blood as paint. And she's... Throughout the house. It's, this is the most gory yes, scene is in the at movie. the end. Yes. And it didn't and she, bother me, but it... It wasn't, you know. but it was gory because there's blood all over the walls. And it's her doing house painting. And right. that's the name of this snuff yep. clip. House painting 2012. I got chills, too. Mm-hmm. And that's how the movie ends. Unhappy ending. Oh, and then we get a nice little jump scare from Bagul at the end. Thanks, Bagul. <laughs> so good. All right, I'm going to jump to something really quick. I know usually now we talk about the sound. This movie holds up. Oh, God, yes, it does. I didn't realize how old this movie is. It's almost 10 years old. Next year, it's, it's 10 years 10 old. It's 10 years old, and it is still scary as hell. It's still scary. It's The effects are great. It, it's it's a solid horror movie. It is solid. Definite. Oh, my God, yes. Now, I know the sound for you in this mm-hmm. is pivotal. It, and it is. It is. You it just, is. I just showed you a scene in the movie. Without it. Without any sound. Well, there was no sound in general, but it made... The difference. It, it really does. The I call it the main theme. Let's have a quick listen. Ugh. Listen to this. Like it's it's powerful. It's 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 scary and it's odd. And it puts you on edge the entire time. And it matches the movie because the movie is odd. It's a very different horror movie. It's not something we've seen before. But let's talk about how this movie is filmed. It's filmed beautifully. Yeah, and but, dark. <laughs> yes, it's dark, but it's the color grading on this movie for me, it stood out. It it yeah. just has a feel to it, mm-hmm. and yes, it matches the music. It it's perfectly It's in a good tune. match. I'm glad they did all that work for the snuff movie music and the actual composer mm-hmm. the soundtrack it's it's very good it feels like it's all one thing and not different parts like they all blend together so well yeah they all complement each other beautifully mm-hmm. what's your best scene prior to christmas time and i'm not going to include it here because it was not in sinister one it's the lawnmower scene understandable why is it your favorite because, because of how shocking it is. It's the thought of it. <laughs> yeah. You don't see anything. Right. It's implied. But it it just freaks me out, the thought of it. And then when you see the extended cut, 
that the little girl comes out and she's in a raincoat and she's covered in blood. Ugh. I, just her pushing it. It's her it's her mm-hmm. parent. Yeah. That she's going over. Ugh. It it's horrible. I it's it's, it's the disturbing. best scene for me in this movie. For me, it's when Bagul moves in the computer monitor. I had a feeling that was it. There's something really eerie and creepy, especially because nowadays, you know, all these computers have cameras, right? So there's this paranoia about being constantly watched by some random hacker Mm -hmm. or, you know... Like one could be watching us right now. Absolutely. (laughs) And... One day we'll we'll cover that movie Unfriended. Oh, it's a great one. And you know one of the the Unfriended dark web because I do believe there there is that out there. And but this is more of the supernatural element, and it's mm-hmm. just disturbing that he took over the computer. He's that powerful, and it made him present. Made him real. Like he's here, and he's here to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> and boy, does he. Best character for me, I know he's selfish, but I do like Ellison the most because I'm intrigued with him and it's just, he was a good character. Whether he was selfish or not, I thought he was a well-played character. I'm there with you 100%. He was my favorite character as well. I just think Ethan Hawke played him so well. Yeah. Really, really well. And I I do like Ethan Hawke a lot as an actor. And I thought he did this great. Me too. He portrayed that guy who is likable, and yet at the same time, he's so selfish. Right. Because he Because he is that. unlikable at the same time. Yeah. Because it's like, you're, you're being a jerk. Mm-hmm. Like, why would you move your family here? Why did you do this? But at the same time, he needs the money. He needs the success he to, needs to provide support for his, his family. family. Right. So it's a double... It's a double-edged, yeah. All right, so we agree that Ellison is our mm-hmm. favorite. Mm-hmm. What about best unlikable character? I put Bagul. I'm there with you on that one, too. I mean, but he's cool at the same time because <laughs> he's scary as hell. He's scary as but hell. You, and, I mean, and, I don't like you. And you know what? He's a good director. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. I don't know about that. I gotta His laugh vision, about it right? He horror, has vision. Yeah, he has vision. All right. <laughs> But yeah, we're we're on with it with Bagul. All right, I know we briefly talked about it, but we'll sum it up. Mm-hmm. The rules. The rules. And just a friendly reminder. Rule number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs in the basement or the attic. Rule number five, why are you going in there? If it says... Do not enter. Danger. Murder house. Murder house. (laughs) Rule number six. Make sure the bad guy is dead. And rule number seven. No Ouija board. The rules that were broken is Ellison did not turn on the lights Mm -hmm. several times. He went into the attic several times. And more importantly, he moved into this house. Mm -hmm. When clearly you should not have moved into this house. That would be a do not not enter. enter. But there's another one that he kind of broke. Which one? Kind of. It Maybe it's not exact, but he didn't make sure that the bad guy was dead. He thought that by burning the film... True. ...this would take care of it. So... If they hadn't moved... 
okay, so if he hadn't moved, then what? Would he... Okay, so that's what my question is here at the end. Mm-hmm. If they hadn't moved? If they hadn't moved, he's still... They're still being haunted or whatever this is considered by Bagul, because he's still going to be bothering the kids. Would they have died anyway? I don't think so. And did all these families die because someone found the film mm-hmm. and watched it? But who watched it? The kids? Or the family? Oh. Because that's the gateway, right? Right, right. Somebody has had to have brought him back out. Who did it? Oh, man. Because clearly the link is the box with the film. And I think somebody has to watch it to bring Bagul out. I have a feeling that this might have been covered in Sinister 2. And I feel terrible that I don't remember anything about it. That's fine. So we need so a we sequel. So we do need month. to go back in order to 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 watch it and see. Okay. To answer maybe some of those. Maybe questions. it gets but those answered. Those are good, legitimate questions. All right. To be continued. Yes, for sure. Last but not least, Scream Award. How many times does Erica scream in a movie? Listen, ten out of five. <laughs> I can't. I couldn't even keep up. It was just too much. You know, I'm going to say this. When we were watching this movie. Mm-hmm. I could feel that you were uncomfortable watching this movie the entire time. Even now talking about it, I sense your discomfort. Because it's scary. This movie really, it's not, it doesn't just scare you, it irks you. It does. It gets under your skin. It does. And I'm telling you, that Christmas time movie, I wish you'd never shown me that. But you well, we would have watched it uh, on Sinister. Sinister. And now too. I have to watch it again. Mm-hmm. You do. It's highly you disturbing. <laughs> but yes, I agree with your score. What about you? You screamed a lot. Yeah, I'll, I I did. I, I did. I think I'll give you a three out of five. <laughs> okay. You because you're not as bad as me, no. but you were pretty out there. Sometimes you get to me and I, I scream because of you. I know. I and set not you because off because of the movie. Because I'm like I'm not expecting you. Because I figured you've already seen it. You're not going to scream again. Doesn't matter. But I'll make an exception in this movie. Yeah. Because in the lawnmower part, no, you I lost you it. took over. I, I lost it because it still gets to me, and I always forget how impactful it is. <laughs> And folks, you can watch this movie on Amazon, Apple TV, Vudu, and even YouTube. I just happen to own it because that's how much I like it, so we watched it on Blu-ray. And hey, if you ever find yourself going from streaming service to streaming service to find out where you can watch a movie, check out this app called Just Watch. And it is free. It's awesome. You can look up any movie and it'll tell you where you can rent it or if you're subscribed or have that subscription service that it's on there to stream. Exactly. And this isn't sponsored and it's not a paid promotion. We just wanted to share it with you because we use it a lot. And to make your streaming services life much easier because this is how we're trying to find all our horror movies now. So now you can go find your horror movies out there. Again, it's just watch. That's the name of the app. Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Horror Cafe Podcast. Please subscribe, follow, rate, and comment. And we have a website. You can visit us at horrorcafepodcast.com. Hit us up on the contact page and send us a message. We really love getting messages from you guys. We really do. 
We'd like to give a huge thank you for Rabbit and Red Radio for making us a part of their podcast family. So we're a pod fam. Yay. <laughs> you can find us on their platforms at rabbitandredradio.com and iTunes. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys want to laugh a little bit more? Stay after the music for some bloopers. And until next time, bye everyone. Bye everyone. It's the next day, and this is where we find out that these ghost kids sold Ellis out. Because now... Who's Ellis? <laughs> I'm back to the wrong names again. <laughs> All right. At this point, Elliot... Elliot? Now you changed his name? I changed his name. Oh Damn. my god, okay. Ethan, Ellison, Elliot. Hold on, <laughs> I hold know, on. I know. The Black Scorpion, the Black Dog, and the Black Snake are all representative of book. And we will go on. Damn it. Hold on. Let me.